Are you tired of ticket fees? Pay the price for your ticket that is advertised and not a penny more. Go to TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Fantastic prices on all sports and concert tickets. Guaranteed seats, no fees. TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Um, I'm uh, about as good as the Bears are at four and one. Uh, it's uh, it's been a few days. Uh, obviously, seems it seems like a month since the Bears last played, even though it was uh, it was just this past Thursday. And and uh, of course, the Packers didn't play. Um, the Vikings, I don't think, played. <laughs> so uh, and it, it's uh, uh, it's going to be an interesting week with the Bears playing Carolina and. Uh, the Packers have to face a uh, Tom Brady pissed off Tampa Tampa Bay team down in Tampa uh, for uh, for a late afternoon game on Sunday. So uh, things are looking up in in the uh, in the NFC North, and uh, we've got a we've got a great game to talk about uh, this past Thursday, and uh, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, about the up. Coming game, but uh, I'm going to throw a little bit of trivia at uh, at you, and we've got uh, a special guest waiting in the wings. Um, name this Bears team. And we don't have to do it right off the top, but name this Bears team. In week one, we're, we're and we're talking obviously about slow starts here. So in in week one, the the Bears fell behind 28 to 17. In week two. The uh, Bears only were able to score 20 total points. In week three, they fell behind 17 to nine midway through the third quarter. In week four, they trailed 10 to nothing and had been outgained through the first couple of minutes of the second quarter, 124 yards to four yards. And in week five, they fell behind 12 to nothing. So there's the little bit of trivia we'll talk about uh, be, between uh, between segments between the Bears win and the, the preview of, of the Carolina game and and uh, we want to bring in our one of our favorite guests on the Helitech Hall show none other than the editor in chief of Windy City Gridiron Lester Wilfong Good evening Lester how are you tonight Doing good guys always fun to be on the show well, we really appreciate you coming on as often as you do, and and uh, if all of the guys at uh, Winnie City Gridiron, it's always a pleasure to have you guys on board because uh, you you everybody on your squad on your staff uh, provides uh, some great insight on the Bears. So thank you for coming on, uh, awesome. Aaron. It's, it's, the, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a real good team we got over there. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it I saw I saw the um, uh, little shout out you got in Adam John's book 
That was pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, Mike, but uh, in Adam John's book about the Bears, the uh, the Big Fifty, I think it's called. He put a little uh, footnote yeah. uh, about um, you know some some good. Uh, spots to to go for Bears content and shout it out to Windy City Gridiron. So that was pretty cool. What? Yeah, no Alatech Hall shout outs? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I haven't gotten to the book yet, but I believe he used us as a source for some things. And I know he, did, awesome. inter- he did interview uh, Jack Silverstein. Uh, awesome. Our historian about a few things, and then his his stuff that Jack and him talked about actually made the cut in the book. So, so I'm excited to get to that point when I get there. Yeah, that that is uh, truly awesome, and and it's a credit to to you, Lester, for putting together one amazing staff over at Windy City Gridiron. I think I want to come on board and write for you. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. <laughs> Shameless plug for myself. Well, there you go. Uh, Jack, 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 and I could put put uh, together quite a history segment for sure. So, Lester, hey, the Bears won. How do you like that? I don't think uh, I think uh, uh, maybe one. Uh, when the Bears put out every week the pick is in, uh, there's like a dozen pundits around the league, uh, talking heads, and I think only one of those. Uh, 12 picked the Bears to win. So, uh, of course, we know that that Luckhand Forum voted against the Bears. He's voted against them uh, all five weeks, and he's he's uh, one and four to show for it. But um, it didn't look good at first. No, I mean, it was unexpected. And, you know, to be fair, the entire staff of our guys, only one of us picked the Bears to win. We all had the Bucks win, and we just thought the uh, – you know, we thought the Bucks had a little, a little too much on offense. We thought the uh, the Nick Foles experience would take a little while to get going. And, you know, the Bears came out, and, and the defense was, was good from the start, and the offense had just enough flashes uh, to kind of show us what this offense could be, and they held on to win the game. Absolutely. But it didn't start off that well. In fact, um, you know, the, the disappointing drop by Allen Robinson that led to uh, uh, interception uh, – and they they ultimately scored a touchdown, their only touchdown of the game, mind you. Uh, and of course, they they found themselves in a in the ten to a ten to nothing hole right away. Yeah, that was a really fluky play. I mean, I think there's been four or five of those now with with a Rob, where it's been kind of those uh, those those fifty fifty balls, and you know, I mean, it's it's really fluky the way it's kind of looked with him. And you know, I, I know a lot of fans are unhappy with that, but you know, those things happen, and you know, you know, he'll get his fair share moving moving forward here. So this is one of those plays. And, and, and but like I said, you know, the the Bears started off slow, and but you know, Foles uh, uh, got hot at the, at the end of the half, and they got some points in the board, and then uh, the offense did just enough to to kind of put the points up, and and the defense was was fantastic. Yeah, let's uh, actually kind of review that uh, the end of the second quarter there where um, the, the Bears put together a pretty decent drive. They scored to, to cut the lead to 13 to, to 7 uh, right before half, and you're thinking, okay, not a bad job. And then all of a sudden lightning struck uh, at, the, at the shoulders of Kyle Fuller. So what, what a play he made. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's probably the play of the game. I mean, there were many big plays, but that really felt like the the momentum turner 
turn the tide. And, um, you know, thankfully, uh, Robert Quinn uh, picked up the ball, uh, had the presence of mind to to pick up the ball. We've seen the Bears have trouble with that, you know, on dead ball uh, things. And then, you know, eventually the refs did get it right, you know, and, and he really, uh, Fuller, of course, made a textbook play on Keyshawn Vaughn and and uh, really separated him from the ball. And, and it was just a huge uh, momentum boost. And then before you knew it, here the Bears are up, you know, 14 to 13 going into the half. And it's just sort of like, what happened? Uh, you know, and it, uh, because it was, I mean, they looked real bad <laughs> before that. Like it was, there were some, it was dark. Like I felt, you know, just like, wow, what is happening? Like, this is not, this is not looking good, you know, um, and, uh, you know, then then the defense, uh, who was definitely, the defense was fired up to be playing in this uh, pre, you know, this uh, primetime game. And, uh, you know, they brought it. And Kyle Fuller, who's been playing fantastic all year, really changed the momentum. Lester, I was, uh, I was actually on my way home from work Thursday night. And I'm listening to the, to the radio in uh after the play was over, it seemed, um, Tom Thayer all of a sudden starts moaning about a penalty flag that was thrown. And uh, they were, they were going to call a fuller with, with, you know, I think a, you know, a penalty on a defenseless receiver, but it was clear that it, not only was he not defensive, uh, they, they originally called it incomplete. Uh, it went to review and we didn't have to, to throw a challenge flag because it was inside of two minutes. So walk us through uh, exactly what happened there. Yeah, I think they thought it was a, uh, a helmet, the helmet hit, and then uh, it just it just worked out for the Bears. I mean, it was, it was like like you guys said, it was an outstanding hit by Fuller, you know, really physical, physical, real textbook. You know, he he, he led with the shoulder. He, he separated the man from the ball, and, and like you said, you know, Quinn was there, you know, right right on the spot, and he made the play. And like, like you said, you know, there's been times in, in, in the Bears' history, in the recent history, where, where stuff like that has really come back and, and burned the Bears. So it was good to see that this team was, was, was smart enough to jump on the ball. The was probably the the worst case of that was the last game of the year in Chicago was Tressman's first year, and uh, Aaron Rodgers fumbled the ball, uh, the whistle never blew, and everybody stood around doing nothing, and somebody from the Packers picked up the ball and waltzed into the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, and that ended up to be one of the, the turning points in that game. Well, and then last year, wasn't it the Eagles game with Anthony Miller? Um, and there was a similar thing where they, where we didn't pick up the ball and, um, you know, it ended up being nobody picked up the ball. And so it went to the Eagles. Um, you know, that's been sort of a theme. Um, on that play, uh, Robert Schmitz, um, who's your guy over at Windy City, did a really good uh, film breakdown on Twitter of it, just sort of showing how uh, basically Kyle Fuller's man was kind of a decoy and didn't really run the route. And he just sort of stopped. And Kyle Fuller had the presence of mind to leave him. Uh, before the ball was even thrown and see that where Tom Brady was going with it. And that was really what made the play uh, possible, you know, was, uh, you know, cause Kyle Fuller is usually in his sort of off the ball uh, position 
and you know it's one of those things where I think with Fuller sometimes it's frustrating the way he won't change sides and he you know uh, is always playing off but when he makes plays like this you see why he's why he does that why he plays the way he plays because he can be such an opportunist and being a little bit back gives him the the opportunity to diagnose a play and read it and jump routes and and you know hopefully do things like that and so far this season uh he's certainly um been playing at a pretty elite level yeah that's his thing i mean i think the last three or four years he's he's one of the top guys as far as passion defended in the entire nfl you mm-hmm. know he does play off but he does that because he's you know he's such a film junkie you know he understands what's going on with the, with the offenses he understands route recognition you know he wants to to, to bait those quarterbacks into thinking they have a window when, when all along he knows what's going on, you know, he understands the routes being run and, and he'll jump that pass. I did, I did find it um, surprising and I guess, um, you know, a little bit annoying how much they left Evans alone on Jalen, um, you know, and Jalen, I think had a very good game, but he definitely got burnt a couple of times. And I think on that goal line play uh, was one of those times where it's like, I just, I feel like, there still needs to be some opportunity for them sometimes to put Fuller, you know, on the number one, um, just because, you know, especially in that instance. But I mean, I guess why mess with what works? Um, but when Jalen got left out on that island uh, in the in the first quarter against Evans, it was just like, well, come on, like that's not fair, you know, <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna leave the rookie alone on one of the best receivers in the league. Um, he's gonna get you know on the, in the goal line. But overall, like you said, Fuller's been playing at an elite level, so I guess if it's not broke, broke don't fix it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's just one of the things where there, there, there's some teams that they just don't flip their guys, and the Bears are one of them. You know, they haven't right. really done it much. Right. They, did a, they did a little bit back when he had Peanut, you know, right. he would occasionally, uh, you know, take the, the top guy. But for the most part, you know, the Bears, uh, you know, throughout history, they've kind of been a team that kind of just play it straight up, you know, right corner, left corner. Right. So the, the, uh, Second half starts and it was it was a you know a pretty back and forth with not with hardly any scoring. Uh, Tampa finally kicked a field goal to take a 16 to 14 lead, and then the Bears came back and kicked the field goal to, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Again, scoreless throughout the third quarter for the fifth consecutive week in 2020, uh, and then you know. Tampa came down and they held them to another field goal. And then the Bears had the ball, uh, but the, they they ended up not doing much. And they had to kick back to Tampa. Uh, and, and Tampa actually had the ball with just under three minutes to play in the game. Uh, and this is really critical because Nagy really got lambasted for throwing the ball uh, at the end of that game instead of running out the clock and not giving Brady any time. But the Bears forced a three and out. So here's here's what happened in those plays. With 248 left on the clock, Ronald Jones uh, was tackled by Urban for a two-yard loss. The Bears called a timeout. Uh, on second down, uh, second and 12, Brady threw a, a complete pass. On third and 12, Brady threw an incomplete pass. So they ended up punting back to the Bears in, 
That took all of 27 seconds. And, you know, you, you got to give, you got to give the Bears defense a lot of credit because that game, for all intents and purposes, is one first down by Tampa away in its ball game. But they held them to a three and out, got the ball back, and that set up the game-winning drive. But, no, I didn't hear anybody say anything bad about either Arians or Brady's approach to that last drive, even though Nagy got grilled for uh, for throwing the ball towards uh, you know those those last couple of plays uh, before the game-winning field goal. Yeah, I mean, I think you know you heard a little bit of it, you know, basically saying. Um, that it was almost like a slight to the Bears defense that they were uh, sort of willing to go for it, um, you know, uh, on, on that fourth down or, or what have you. But, um, I mean, I think, you know, the story of this game, as much as, you know, it was uh, Foles, you know, sort of leading the comeback was really the defense. I mean, this, the Khalil Mack played like an absolute monster you know it was shades of 2018 um you were getting good contribution from robert quinn uh on the pass rush you know he he made his presence uh, felt mario edwards um had really meaningful snaps brent urban got in um to the backfield and was disruptive um jamie trevathan actually played uh pretty decently and had some good you know some good tackles um you know, Eddie Jackson uh, didn't really get tested much, um, but he was he was pretty solid. Uh, I actually thought Roquan, you know, got victimized by a lot of spin moves. Um, you know, and I think uh, Lester, you tweeted something about uh, what what Roquan said about uh, Ronald Jones. What was he? What did he say about um, with regards to those to those spins? Because those are pretty pretty insane spins that he put on. Yeah, he was saying that that in the film when he was doing the studying, you know, he didn't see him do that the, the spin very often. So, you know, he just said he, he it, it kind of caught him off guard. But, but you know, but you know, he's the kind of guy that that he again, he's one of those guys that that just live in the film room. So he said, you know, he, he will definitely learn from this experience and he will definitely get better. He ended up making some really nice plays late. Um, he did, yeah. So, you know, he he didn't get too down on himself or get caught up. And those were great plays by the running back. I mean, sometimes you got to just tip your cap. If a guy's, you know, going to time a spin perfectly like that, you know, there's not a lot of people that are going to be able to to wrap up and and bring down a a running back. I mean, that's a a talented um, player, you know, and and, um, so I don't necessarily blame him. I thought Roquan overall had ended up having a good game. But, I mean, this defense was just, you know, they were ferocious and, and they were they were uh, really giving Brady so much frustration. And, and he was, you know, he came unglued and the Titans, sorry, the uh, Buccaneers were having bad penalties. And, you know, Brady's yelling at, at his uh, his center, Jensen, who's, you know, sort of known for these um, uh, penalties. And I mean, it was great. You know, it was like two thousand. it felt like a 2018 game where the defense was just having their way and the offense was, was doing enough. Um, you know, but I, but I do think that that third quarter certainly was very frustrating. You know, the first two drives, they do almost nothing. The bears, 
and then they have a decent drive, but then all of a sudden they're backed up and they've got a second and 27 and a third and 29. I mean, they were driving. It looked like they were going to just march down and score a touchdown. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're sitting there with these shades of Cody Parkey in the same end zone and everything. And I mean, it was just, it, it was, uh, it was a, every game this season has just been a roller coaster of emotions. And this one was no different. So when we get to the last drive, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go through it play by play because uh, it was, and it, there were a couple of, of plays in this last drive that were, uh, were, were really something. Uh, but the first play, nothing happened. Montgomery over the right guard for only one yard. Uh, there was a, a uh, incomplete pass uh, for Jimmy Graham. Foles completed a pass to Miller. Needed nine, got 10. Foles uh, threw a pass to Montgomery, but it lost a yard. Uh, Foles through a, and this is one of the, one of the key plays in the drive. This is where, where, uh, uh, David Montgomery, uh, slipped out of the backfield and Nick Foles hit him for a 17 yard pass play that got him to, uh, the 25 yard line. Uh, then he threw, uh, uh, Montgomery ran for a yard. Foles had the, the deep, you know, passed down the right sideline intended for Allen Robinson that everybody was just crucifying, uh, you know, Nagy for, you know, calling a pass on second down. And then he threw a short pass to Allen Robinson for four yards. Uh, and, and then that's when Kara Santos hit the 38 yard field goal to give them the, the victory. And, and uh, that led to a, a very comical ending of the game. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest play in the whole, biggest offensive play of the game was probably that 17 yards on second and 11 because uh, Foles was able to change the play at the line and, you know, communicate um, with his guys, which is kind of ironic. And um, Robert Schmitz actually put up a, a video of that, even though Foles told Leno, you know, hey, your linebacker is not blitzing, he's going to take the the running back and then he tells a rob to to basically do a screen uh um, a rug route and leno still blows the block like it was like unbelievable like he just still didn't trust it um but but falls through this you know great teardrop throw and and uh, montgomery had you know uh, just great patience and hands to catch it um, you know, and it was just, it was, it was a fantastic, uh, play, you know, that, that Foles was able to, you know, sort of engineer in that moment, um, you know, and then really just, you know, huge, huge momentum. And my, my feeling about passing on, you know, to A-Rob is it's like the run game hadn't been working all day. You know what I mean? You get a first down there, it's huge. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know, you know what what people want Nagy to do. I mean, you know, I know that people get frustrated with him uh, abandoning the run, but when it's not working, you know, and, and that's the position you are in the game, it's like you're trying to get a first down. So I think that he, um, you know, he, he, he went with what he thought would be the best 
chance play for getting a first down. But of course, the risk is if you don't get it, you leave extra time on the clock for Brady. So, you know, I mean, that was that was where they stood. But I don't think that, you know, they had a run play that they were going to dial up that was going to get them, um, you know, many yards. Nothing was really working in terms of running the ball at that point. Yeah, and that play, I think it was like uh, I saw someone do, do, do the, the math on it. And it was like a 30-second swing. So so even if the Bears would have ran the ball and, and, and didn't get it, you know, Tom Brady still would have had like 40-some-odd seconds, which to him is, is, is it's all the time he needs. So I have no problem with it going for him. And that's a kill shot. I mean, that's what you want to see. I mean, if, if you if you trust your offense enough to make that kind of play and, and, and they actually come through with it, you know, it's great. I mean, this time it didn't work out, but I think that kind of sends a message that, you know, you know, Matt Nagy knows what this offense is capable of. Uh, he has the guy in place who thinks can 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 execute it, and, and he's going to take those shots when he when he has a chance. Well, and you've got you got Daniels out, you know, uh, with Barr playing. I mean, luckily, uh, well, not luckily for him, but luckily for the Bears, Vita Vea um, also went out, um, which was huge because as soon as Daniels went out and Bars came in, Vea kind of abused him. Um, right away and went right after him, which was smart. But then it bars ended up being pretty steady after that. You're absolutely right. Yeah, bars he he got he got schooled uh, right away, and uh, with the with the help of of Whitehair uh, and the the tackle on the other side, he kind of settled down, and you know he, he played a, an adequate guard uh, for the rest of the game. So it was uh, it's encouraging. Uh, you know, and when they talked about uh, when they talked to Castillo um, this week, uh, they were they were referring to what's what they were going to do. And and he just says, hey, we've got two competent backups. Uh, I'm, I'm not too I'm not too steady on uh, on one of them, but I, I like what the kid bars can do. You You might see um, you might see Hambright active for once and they'll probably bring up a alignment off the practice squad and he'll be inactive for for Sunday's game against Carolina but uh, but all in all um, you know they they did you know they they did okay uh, you know let's face it Tampa and Indianapolis and you can't you know take take the uh, the game that that Indianapolis just played against the the Colts um, the Browns. you know that I mean the Browns that was uh, unbelievable, but the, the Colts had been just absolutely steadfast against the run all year, and the Bears couldn't do anything against them, even with Daniels in the lineup. So uh, the nice part is when we get into the last segment, when we start talking about Carolina, uh, you know, Carolina is what, 30, ranked 31st against the run so far after after the, the first few games of the season. So well, hopefully that plays into the into the Bears' hands. So, but you Lester, know that play. Sorry, go ahead. I was I was going to ask Lester when he thought of uh, bars. You know, because I was surprised that he actually ended up playing 31 snaps, which is you know half of the snaps. I was for some reason it felt like he was you know that Daniels got injured later than he did. Um, yeah. and, and what did you think of him? You know, bars stepping in. You know, kind of after he got his footing, so to speak. 
you know, I think he was he was he was decent. I'm not sure if I trust him moving forward. I mean, I, I have to see a lot right. more from him, obviously. But but you know, like you said, you know, he, he got killed that in that sack. I mean, the the Bucks had 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 a good play on. You know, with with, with Vea, he he just killed him. He he, he took the, uh, the the B gap and 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 Bars had had no chance at all on that play. I mean, he just got he got killed in that. That was his his welcome to the NFL moment. It came for him. Mm-hmm. But then after that, he he did settle down. I mean, of course, the run game wasn't there. Um, but again, you know, the Bucks, you know, yeah, it's Vea, but they also have Sue. You know, they have a pretty good defense. I mean, I think they were the uh, the second-ranked DVOA defense in, in the league at the time the Bears played them. So it's not like the Bears are playing pushovers. The last mm-hmm. two weeks, they played pretty good defenses. So I think the line, obviously, you want to do something with bars, you know, but but if, if, if that's the plan moving forward, the Bears got to make it work. Absolutely. Yeah, I was to, thinking to double. You know, hey, Aaron, to double up on your point. Sure. Um, James Daniels played 32 snaps of the 63. Alex Bars played 31. So they were basically split right down the middle. Yeah, and so I mean, I I can't honestly say I was paying super a lot of attention to just him, but you know, the fact that I didn't notice him after that first sack is a good thing. I mean, ultimately as an offensive line, the best, you know, <laughs> the best quality is that you won the game and your number and your name didn't get called or your number didn't get yeah. called by any referees. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that's the best case scenario. So um, I, I like, I've always liked bars. I mean, I, I would kind of hope that they got a steal Same. because, yeah. because, you know, he came out of the, out of Notre Dame and was coached by he stand. And um, a lot of people had him, you know, as a third or fourth round pick, some, you know, if it wasn't for the injury, uh, maybe even, I I saw people with him even higher than that. So, uh, you know, it's possible that, you know, that maybe we could get, uh, this could be a blessing. Um, I mean, I know Daniels was playing pretty well. People are sort of acting like we, I've heard people saying we lost our best offensive lineman, and I I don't know if I'd go that far, but Daniels was, was seen to be settling in, I would say, um, you know, I, I don't know if he's, you know, I still don't know if we know what Daniels is, but, uh, it's certainly, you know, I'd rather have him than not have him, of course. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, so that leads us to the, the last few plays of the game. Uh, you know, Tampa, of course, got the ball back with, uh, with just over a minute to play, but the, the uh, Santos kick. Uh, went off with the, with 117 left to go in the game. Tampa got a first down on their their uh, very first play uh, after the change of possessions, where they uh, they took over at the 25 yard line, and and then um, Brady looked really confused. It was uh, one of the strangest things we've seen from from Tom Brady in the 20 what 21 years that he's been in the league, where it's fourth down. And he gets knocked down, and Houston Carson made an absolutely wonderful play to bat that ball down uh, to create the the uh, turnover on downs. And Brady got up off the ground, and he's like, "Wait a minute, it's it's still only fourth down, right?" <laughs> and the referee walked over to him and said, "Sorry, son, hit the bench. It's the uh, you know you guys uh, you guys are done." So kind of a comical end to uh, what turned out to be a very uh, interesting night. And of course, a very pleasant ending for all of us bear fans. Yeah. Go ahead, Lester. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it was kind of weird. You know, you know, Bruce Arians said that uh, that wasn't the case, of course. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Tom Brady said the same. But but I mean, if you look at the, what happened in the film, I mean, it really looked like, you know, he thought he had another down to play with there. But, you know, he didn't do it. And like you said, it was a really good play by, by DHC. You know, I think that with with him showing a little bit, I think it's good for the team because uh, I was a little worried about that spot because the Bears were pulling, you know, uh, uh, Danny Trevathan when, when they go on that, that big nickel look or the dime look to get a, a guy in there. And it's been Deion Bush with him out and then with Sherrick McManus out. You know, that kind of left you in a pinch and with 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 uh Houston Carson stepping up and and he looked pretty good in, in the, the few snaps that he had and of course he made the big play at the end there yeah I mean, that was just bizarre um you know and like you said they sort of tried to cover for it but then this later uh, after uh, the Lakers won uh, Brady tweeted a, a a picture of himself with, that, yeah. <laughs> with uh, LeBron's head on his body with the with the four so it was like you know he, he knows he knows he screwed up I mean I don't know that it would have really mattered I'm not sure that I mean the, people talked about that there was kind of a running back underneath or whatever but um, I mean it's you know they were trying to get into field goal range so I don't really know that it mattered what down it was or that that wasn't really why you know that happened i mean it's just you know the defense the defense stood up um and that's great i mean i think that's just really good for their confidence because i think uh going you know this season the, the the defense has had some opportunities to to stand up in the fourth quarter and and for the most part they've done them but they've they've done it but they've made it kind of an adventure um so it was nice to sort of see them um you know to just kind of shut the door. Um, although they, you know, they did give up the one, uh, the one first down, but, um, you know, it was, uh, it, you still, they, you know, they made it stand up and, uh, just, I, I just think, you know, this defense seemed to get its swagger in this game and really, uh, get home because they've been so close. Um, you know, and, and Mike, you talked about a welcome to the NFL moment. Well, Tristan Wirfs had about three of them, um, you know, and no less than uh, the one where he was absolutely just hip tossed by um, Mac, uh, you know, and he got, uh, you know, I mean, it was unbelievable to just see the, you know, the kind of leverage and power that that Khalil has to just flip a 320 pound guy like that. Um, but but this defense was just flying around and making plays and and having fun and you know and the Bears released that Eddie Jackson mic'd up thing and, and you could really see that this defense wanted to make a statement um, and they they broke up the uh, the Tom Brady ACDC commercial that the that uh, Fox was trying to make the game into. When you take a look at the stat sheet, the stat sheet doesn't even begin to tell the story of this game because this game was all about Khalil Mack dominating. And we haven't seen a dominating performance from a bears linebacker, the way Mack did it ever since the Arizona game in 2006, when, when Brian Urlacher absolutely took over that game. Uh, Lester, when you look at the stat sheet, he's, he's got two solo tackles with one assist, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, two sacks, should have had a third. They called an insane penalty on Mac on the play. Uh, but, you know, but that flip that Aaron just talked about, there's a guy that's six foot five, 320 pounds, and he threw him like a rag doll about five, five feet. Uh, it's just in, in an incredible uh 
you know, just you, you see that in your I if if you were at the stands, I wish you could have had fans in the stands. That place would have just gone absolutely nuts. Yeah, it was a real big play by him. I think, you know, if you look at some of the uh, those those advanced metrics, uh, the next-gen stats and the PFF guys like that, I think they had McDonald for like 10, 11 pressures as well. So, you know, he was in the backfield for pretty much most of the day. Um, you know, I mean, it wasn't, you know, the – it wasn't just to say the, the the actual stats, but but just his presence. I mean, he made his presence felt. He was great in the run game. You know, he's been great all years with uh, you know uh, uh, setting the edge. So you know, he's just a guy that you know he's an all-around football player. And and you know, the sacks weren't there as much early, but you know, the, the sacks are going to come. The sacks will come, and and I think if this if this offense can start clicking a little bit, you know, the sacks will pick up, and 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 the the the, the picks will too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They've had w- what one time is since uh, the season began where they've had a two-score lead. One time against you know in the first half against the Giants, they've had other otherwise they've they've fallen behind in all of the other games they, and they almost lost the game to the Giants after uh, Trubisky gave away uh, you know two uh, uh, two interceptions that the Giants turned into points and we had to, we had to have a goal line stand at the end of that game. But uh, thank God uh, the last two, the game against Atlanta and the, in the game against Tampa now where we didn't get that far. We had the, the interception uh, early in, in the drive against Atlanta. We were able to, to, you know, snap the ball and, and kneel to win the game. And, and then of course the, the, the four, the four and out, uh, you know that Tampa did, and you know the Bears were able to uh, to to take a knee to, to win that game. But uh, that leads us to uh, the the last bit uh, of this segment is, of course, offensive, defensive, and special teams player of the game. I think it's pretty unanimous who our defensive player of the game is. Khalil yep. Mack. Yeah. Uh, there's there's absolutely no no who you can't give it to anybody else. You can but, you can put Fuller as one B baby because of that one play, but uh, he's not. You know, I wouldn't put him over Mac. That's Mac. Lester. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, Mac. It'll and then you know special teams. Obviously, you know you got to give it to Santos. You know, I think Aaron put it best. He had an out of body experience uh, as as Santos lined up for that kick in, in the same end zone that Parkey double doinked in 18. Here we are. Here we go again. It's a little bit closer. What was it? 38 yards as opposed to 43 yards, but the guy nailed it. So you, you got as special teams. You got to give him the game ball. Well, it's interesting too. Yeah, I agree. They, they picked up four bath right after that. So not to go off track here too much, but I, I, you know, they haven't, you know, cause then you had the positive test and then I thought, I started thinking, well, is Pinero the guy that is the positive test, you know, um, cause he made that kick and I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting him to make it. And that kick was certainly like, it was, it, it moved about three times. I felt like, you know, like it was, it was, uh, it was moving all around. So it, it was definitely a, uh, a heart wrenching affair, but interesting to see, you know, now we have three kickers on the roster. Yeah. Well, one's still an injured reserve and, and right. you know, they're, they're doing it smart. You got to have two kickers just in case in this world of COVID that we're living mm. in, 
you got to have a, a kicker ready to go. And obviously, with the the, the signing of Horvath, that that means that Eddie Pinheiro's was it a groin uh, yeah. is is not healing the way it should. And I, I wonder if they're going to have to end up having to have surgery on that groin. Anything, Lester, on your end from? You know, the inside the insider view from uh, yeah, from the no, gridiron. I mean, I mean it's, it's a possibility. I mean, obviously, with you know the the injury that they thought would just be a a, a quick three week stay on IR, and you know it obviously has lasted a little longer. And then they had to go out and and, and you know get get Horvat. Get, so it's they they're not sure what they have in in Pinheiro, But you know, with with what they said, you know, like you said, Matt Nagy said he wanted two kickers all year. He said that was going to be the plan going forward. You know, obviously, one one in the practice crowd, one in the main roster. So, you know, the Bears are, are setting out that spot. I mean, I think with with Santos, I was with Aaron. You know, I was not expecting that make. I was shocked he made it. I was glad he made it. But, uh, you know, I mean, before his injury, you know, he was a, a pretty good kicker, and then he mm-hmm. had some, some so he had some issues himself. So, you know, so you know, with kick, with kickers, it's funny. I mean, if 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 they have a, a bad run. You know, it can it can go uh, you can go bad or it can go good with you know with the guy like Santos. You know, maybe you know maybe he's gonna bounce back and maybe he'll maybe he'll be the guy for the Bears for the next you know four or five years. Fingers crossed. Right. Well, it would just be so Bears for them to go through all this kicker circus and then come back, you know, to Santos after all that. <laughs> you know, and and then of course and then of course Cody Parkey doinks a kick and makes it um, for the Browns. You know, his original team, uh, it's just like he just sometimes I think Bears Twitter is crazy the way that we fixate on all these different things and whatever. But then sometimes it's like it does feel like the universe is just conspiring to to make everything about the Bears. And, you know, it's whether Shaheen getting a touchdown for the Dolphins or Parky, you know, uh, doinking a kick, but it goes in like it's just it, it's just bizarre how it all seems to you know, come back to, uh, to to the Bears. And to put the, put the icing on the cake for the weekend, Adam Shaheen caught a touchdown pass. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, one, um, one catch for three yards, you know, whatever. So uh, it wasn't like you know, he's not taking uh, – he, he's not – but that's actually good for us because it's a conditional pick. So him doing okay and getting playing time, I think – uh, it may factor into to the pick being more or, or moving up from a seven to a six or a six to a fifth or something. I don't know what the conditions are, but I know it was a conditional pick. So as much as it's kind of like, you know, you want to shake your fist about it, it's like, well, maybe maybe they'll work out as a, a, a better pick. Well, we can we can only hope. We're going to take a, a break to hear from our sponsor, TickSplits.com. And when we come back, we're going to preview the Carolina game. I just heard my favorite band is in town. I'd love to get good seats, but everywhere I've looked, the ticket sites have crazy service fees. Haven't you heard of Tick Splits? Who? Tick Splits. They don't gouge you with crazy fees. The price they advertise is the price you pay, plus a small delivery fee. Never pay service fees again. Go to TIXBLITZ.com today. TickSplits.com. Guaranteed seats, low prices. That's TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. TickSplits.com. Remember, follow Halitech Hall on Twitter. As soon as we get to 1,000 followers, TickSplits.com is going to give us two tickets to the Bears-Packers game in Chicago in 2021. So we've been talking uh, this evening 
with uh, the editor-in-chief of Windy City Gridiron, Lester Wolfong. And, and Lester, uh, on, on paper, this upcoming game appears to be a pretty good matchup for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, you would hope. I mean, this is a game the Bears should win. I mean, it's it's in Carolina, but I think in this day and age, the, the home field advantage kind of doesn't doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, I think I think the way the Bears are, are playing on offense, you know, they're they're slowly but surely starting to put things together what they want to do. You know, we have to see if Matt Nagy can marry more of the uh, some more of the running stuff he had early with what Nick Foles likes to do. But but honestly, at the end of the day, you know, just score some points. You know, if this offense is going to click by being a, a quick passing game. You know, then so be it. I mean, they have to do what's best for for the team, for Nick Foles, and 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 I think that this is a week for them to kind of get get things right, because because the Panther defense is not the best. You mentioned against the run, you know, they're horrible against the run. They're giving them, I think, 5.3 yards per carry. Um, so this should be a time where they can get David Montgomery and uh, and and Patterson some some good touches here. Yeah, I'm really hoping that they that Lamar Miller gets worked into the offense this yes. week. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that that could be a real diamond in the rough for us. You know, um, I, you know, he worked with laser obviously before and had a really good, uh, had his best seasons, um, in the pros pretty much with laser. So, um, you know, I'm hopeful that, that that could be something, you know what I mean? Like I would, you know, you watch the saints and, and the way they run that, uh, those 22 formations with two running backs and two tight ends. Like I would like to see the bears do something like that. You know what I mean? And if you had Miller and Montgomery or Miller or Montgomery and Patterson at plus two tight ends, that could be really, um, you know, cool stuff. You know, it'd be interesting to see how much, you know, because obviously the bears offense has changed pretty substantially in terms of what they're doing on first down since Foles has been starting and I wonder how much of that is because they were playing against, you know, two really stout defensive lines, or if this is, you know, what Nagy's going to try to do with Foles. Um, you know, I thought one of the, it was a good moment for Foles when he kind of got in Nagy's face a little bit and was basically telling him like, Hey, we had a rhythm going, we were going hurry up. And then you want to call a timeout and, and, and bring in stupid, you know, I'm obviously putting words in his mouth, but, but you can kind of imagine that that was <laughs> what he was saying is, you know, like, dude, we were rolling. I got this. Stop calling timeout so you can get your stupid formations in, you know, get Ryan Nall in the game. Uh, you know, I mean, there was a point where they, the Bears had literally taken out all their good skill position players, and, you know, it was like, oh, Nagy's going to drop the perfect play, and I felt like Foles was just saying, like, don't mess with us. Like, when I'm rolling, just leave it alone. <laughs> like, leave the same guys in, and I'm going to make it happen. So hopefully this week they have all this time, they're going to work it out, and, you know, um, and, and get get this thing clicking because as much as that was a great win, you know, you still can't feel too good about this offense right now. Let's talk about that. After the game, or I guess the next day uh, with Nagy's presser, and Lester, I, I wish you were you could get in on, on these press conferences because I'd love to hear the questions you would have for him. Uh, he was pretty salty. Yeah, he he was pretty pretty upset about his offense. You know, the the the, the details aren't there, and and I think we haven't seen him, we haven't heard him say that kind of stuff before. 
because he probably knew it wasn't realistic to expect it from what he had going on before. But now with Nick Foles under center, you know, he, he expects things to be done, you know, a precisely a certain way. And I think with him and I think as you know, the, the, the players and the coaches, you know, they want things done a certain way. And, and, and I think they feel that this offense is close. I mean, I think he feels finally where, you know, he has things close to where he can probably show what he wants to do. Cause I think he's had to change a lot of what he wants to do. I understand the, you know, he has to kind of fit his offense around what his team does best. I think he tried doing it a little bit last year. I think he did that in, 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 in the, 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 the year prior with, 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 with Jordan Howard running the ball more, you know, but I think ultimately Matt Nagy wants to run what Matt Nagy wants to run. You know, he wants to kind of change things up if he has to, but, but he's a guy that wants to get the short passing game going. He wants his quarterback to understand every, every aspect of that offense and, and run it. And I think with Foles getting in his face, I think we may see that more moving forward. Yeah, I felt like Nagy was sort of deflecting a little bit. I mean, I, I definitely feel like he's he's upset, but he also was sort of saying like, you know, oh, I've never been associated with these second and this and t-. it's like, yes, you have. What are you talking about? Like, I I still feel like sometimes he's doesn't quite own the fact that the offense has been as bad as it's been under him. I mean, you know, it's like he's still sort of living in the past of this idea that he was a part of this this fan, fantastic, um, you know, Kansas City offense. And it's like, uh, no, man, like your your resume is full of bad offense with the Bears. Like, I hate to break it to you. Like, you know, and um, sometimes I just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that he can you know, let Foles do his thing. Uh, and that's going to help us out more because I just I, I think. You know, there's a good chance that what Nagy tries to do is just overly complicated. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, and and especially with the formation changes and the and the personnel changes. You know, I mean, when Anthony Miller caught that, uh, got that first down, it was like I, I had this moment of like, oh yeah, there's Anthony Miller. Like, where has this dude been? You know, and and you saw he didn't really get a lot of snaps. Um, and you know, it's like I just I, I would rather him have less personnel changes, less formations, and just let them, you know, go out there and, and do what Foles is comfortable with and let him run it. You bring up a good point about Anthony Miller. And, and on, on the flip side of that, the the rise in, in snaps for Mooney. So I went went back and looked at all of the games earlier today, and, and Anthony Miller – in game one, only played 42% of the snaps. He played 40% of the snaps in week two, 57% in week three, 69% in week four. And he was only on the field for 41% of the snaps uh, on Thursday. Mooney um, has outplayed him in every game except for week one. He was only on the field for 20 snaps or 32% of week one. But he was 60% to Miller's 40% against the Giants, 62% to Miller's 57% against Atlanta. He was on the field for 74% of the snaps against Indy uh, to 69 for Miller. And on Thursday night, he was on the field for 65% of the snaps to, uh, to just 41 for Anthony Miller. But now 
take a look at targets in receptions in yards and touchdowns, okay, um, Mooney has been targeted 25 times. He's got 15 catches for 160 yards and one TD. And it's almost a mirror image for Anthony Miller. He's been targeted 23 times, so two, two fewer times, 13 receptions, two fewer receptions, one more yard, 161 yards, and he's had two touchdowns to, to Darnell Mooney's one touchdown. So you've got, you almost have bookend receivers here. Uh, they're, they're not quite ready for prime time players kind of a thing. Allen Robinson, I think, is first or second in the league in targets, fifth in the league in receptions. Uh, but, you know, our wide receivers aren't getting into the end zone. It's been our tight end. And at least this past week, when David Montgomery scored on that three-yard touchdown uh, to, uh, to start the scoring for the Bears, that was actually the Bears' first rushing touchdown of the year. Well, and that's what's been frustrating is it's like I, I'm excited about Mooney, but it's like Mooney's been succeeding, and then Miller has, you know, has been receding um, and regressing. Not regressing, but he's really just hasn't been on the field. And so it's like, you know, you see these games where the Bears have 60 snap offensive snaps, 65 offensive snaps, and that's, you know, uh, unless you're getting short fields or, or long bombs, that's that, that signifies that you didn't have a very good offensive day if that's the number of snaps you got as an offense. So yeah. that's what, I, you know, it's like it's hard to judge, you know, and, and the same thing goes for people being frustrated with Komet. It's like, well, you know, Komet's behind Harris. Harris has been playing well. They're not scoring. I mean, they're not just going to force Komet out there uh, just because, you know, they picked him. You know, it, it's um, so that's what's sort of been, you know, it's like once once we're hoping that this offense gets going and they're up around 75, 80, you know, snaps, then maybe we'll see some of these guys emerge. But, um, you know, it's it's sort of frustrating to have this sort of two steps forward, one step back kind of thing uh, with the receivers. Yeah. So, Lester, I, I've got a question for you. When we, we were just recently talking about how uh, salty is the, the word I used, Nagy was on Friday, uh, he brought up again pass route running. And I'm wondering if we go back to about this time last year, uh, Anthony Miller was singled out for not running the right routes and kind of doing a little bit of uh, impromptu route running uh, you know, doing a little freelancing, as it were, is is that the case this year? I mean, it might be. I mean, that's part of it. With when when he talks about the the details, you know, everything has to be precise. You know, in this offense, you know, but you know, but there is some room for for a guy to kind of do some freelancing stuff. I think that's what Foles kind of did in, in Philly a little bit. You know, I think it's it's all about being on the same page as the quarterback. And I think the more Foles plays, the more he gets comfortable with these guys. I think I think you're gonna see you'll you'll, you'll definitely see you know, with with the, with Miller with Mooney so these guys you know their their playing time may pick up a little bit but again it comes down to matchups I mean the, the Bears seem to be wanting to do more two tight end stuff so that's gonna only have two 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 wideouts on the field and with Miller you know he seems to be clearly the number three guy and I think we even saw that in the first week when it was Ted Ginn who got the start. And then as when I realized that that Mooney is, you know, he is the goods, you know, he kind of t- started taking some of those snaps and then 
So it's going to be, you know, A-Rob, a you know, Mooney, and then Miller. That's just kind of be the the, the, the the pecking order of the receivers. And that's, that. I mean, that's fine. I mean, you have to have three good receivers. You know, it's just a, a matter of the matchups, how much yeah. Miller will get on the field. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the, the guy that's kind of lost in the shuffle uh, that's on the active roster because uh, Ridley hasn't been active all five weeks is Javon Wims. And uh, what is he? He might have been targeted, what, tw- two or three times? And one of those was a touchdown. So it's, it's interesting to see what's going on. Getting back to Carolina, Teddy Bridgewater has had it's a, a lot of success, but it's all short passes for the most part. He's not really pushing the ball downfield. It's, it's really uh, interesting because it's very similar to what Drew Brees is doing in, in New Orleans. And, uh, of course, McCaffrey's been out with this high ankle sprain, and they said they were going to run some tests on him because he's eligible to come off of IR this week. But I haven't heard of any, any progress or any results from, from the tests that they were going to be doing on him. And uh, there's a guy on the team by the name of Mike Davis that played a, a hell of a game against Atlanta. How ironic is that? I mean, he's, he's a quality back. I mean, when the Bears signed him last year, you know, I thought he was going to give them what he's giving Carolina. He, he's a really good number two. You know, he, 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 he's good in the passing game. You know, he can do all the things that the Bears wanted that guy to do. But, you know, last year, the Bears running game, the, the schemes was just so messed up where just, you know, they can get nothing going in, 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 in that aspect of the, of the offense. And I think Mike Davis kind of fell out of favor because, you know, he, he had a few carries here and there, but... Again, if, if the line wasn't doing the job, it was early in the season. You had the, the Daniels white hair swap. You know, he couldn't get going. And then the Bears caught him, and then he, he landed in a perfect spot. I mean, that's, you know, he's going to play. You know, he's one of those 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 lifer backup guys that will always get a job because he does things just good enough. And he's, he's a quality backup. I, I like Mike Davis. Yeah, it's been weird, the, I mean, the way that we really could get nothing from him. You know, I mean, obviously his dad died and, and he had some issues, uh, you know, last season. So it wasn't just as clear cut as that. And then, you know, with the way that the Amos uh, compensation pick formula worked out, it ended up, you know, being that it made more sense for the Bears to cut him. But, you know, like you said, it was frustrating that you know, we couldn't get something out of him because I actually had you know, reasonably high hopes for him as well um, to be a contributor. But yeah, I mean, he's had uh, eight catches in a couple different games. I mean, not a lot of yardage, but, you know, he's just uh, a good outlet. And, you know, like Mike said, he's Bridgewater's all about this short passing, Um, but they've got a couple, you know, they got DJ Moore, they got Robbie Anderson. Both those guys are, are pretty quality wide receivers um, you know, so, so they can do some things. I mean, I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't think the bears should sleep on, on this, uh, team. I mean, Bridgewater played pretty well against them, uh, when he was playing for breeze, uh, last season. So it'll be interesting. Do we think McCaffrey's going to play this weekend guys? I mean, it's possible. I mean, I, I I'm like you, I, I, I heard you're going to you know, test them out and, I mean, if it's good to go, he'll play. But I mean, you know, they'll have up to I think up to Saturday to make that decision. So it may be one of those things that kind of just kind of push it and kind of wait and see what happens. And if he tests it out on on the walkthrough on Saturday, he may be good to go. Yeah, the uh, Carolina Panthers 
lost their first two games. They lost um, against the Raiders, um, 34 to 30. They lost to Tampa, 31 to 17. Then you know they they held the Chargers, who have turned it around of late, uh, to only 16 points, winning 21 to 16. Uh, I think one of the biggest surprises early on in the year is when uh, they beat uh, Arizona 31 to 21. And then, of course, uh, they were only able to score 23 points against Atlanta, but Atlanta, their futility continued, and they were only able to score 16 points at home again. And, of course, after the game, uh, their head coach and GM were uh, dismissed. So, uh, the second firing, of, you know, only five weeks into the season, I thought was uh, kind of unusual, but uh, on the other hand, it was kind of warranted as well. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta, you know, how how, how much longer can they go, you know, with no wins? Um, you know, I, I just think, uh, you know, they, they've just looked awful. Um, but, I, you know, like I said, I think Carolina – um, you know, definitely has enough to make the game interesting. Um, and again, if you know what what absolutely has to happen for the Bears is we have to figure out a way to get a touchdown in the first quarter of the game and, and the third need, quarter and the third quarter, which is something <laughs> we just can't seem to do. Uh, they're they're pretty good in the second and the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, where their scoring differential in the fourth quarter is like. 10 or 13, 14 points or something ridiculous, you know, because their defense is, uh, is great in the fourth quarter. And that's when we've been scoring so many points, but um, you know, I, I think this could be a get right week um, for, for everybody involved, you know, hoping, um, you know, that we can navigate all the COVID challenges and obviously we haven't talked about it, but they had a practice squad player um, test positive and then they, uh, they sent the practice, you know, they didn't have the practice squad uh, guys in on Monday. So they just changed that to a uh, walkthrough and then tomorrow they're back, um, you know, full full practice squad and full squad. So uh, tomorrow's going to be an important day uh, in terms of tests and all of that. Um, So hopefully they keep that all under control. And, um, you know, that's what we need to see. I mean, we just, we need to see uh, an offense that, that shows uh, some life because if they, you know, if, 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 I mean, I think the defense is up to the challenge, um, but I I don't want to see, uh, this this type of situation where the defense is just expected to carry all the water. So that leads us to the keys of the game. So um, we keep talking about this week in, week out on offense, a balanced offense. Uh, we need to see them able to run the ball. Carolina is susceptible to the run. They have been all year long. Um, They have to keep the ball out of the hands of Bridgewater, who likes to dink and dunk and chew up time uh, and and get the the play action passing going for for once. And I think that if we can find that niche where we can run the ball effectively, do some play action, uh, I liked what Foles has been doing, trying to get the ball down the field. He's been pushing it. He hasn't been able to connect with Mooney yet. So two straight weeks, he had Mooney open for would have been an easy touchdown, but he just missed 
you know, he just missed it in, in Atlanta uh, in, or in, against Indy, I think. And then this past Thursday, I haven't been able to find the play, but I was listening to it on the way home where Mooney was wide open, but Foles, I, I don't know if Mooney ran an option route downfield that Foles wasn't expecting or Foles was expecting him to go the other way, but he just absolutely missed badly on a connection that, that Mooney would have scored easily on. Yeah, it was really ugly uh, play. I'm not sure exactly what happened there, but I think it was probably on Foles, my guess. Foles was a little bit off in, in, in the early part of the game. So, you know, those guys will get connected. Because with, with Foles, you know, Foles wants to go deep. I mean, he, he says he will take the dink and dunk. You know, but if he gets a one-on-one matchup, he has no problem slinging it. And Mooney's just the guy to get open. He's got the speed. Uh, you know, if, he, if we can get Mooney uh, to, to do a couple of double moves, uh, especially early in the game, you know, because you're, you're not expecting it so early in the game. We get him open, and all of a sudden, now the offense lights up, and all hell could break loose, and maybe we could put a 40-burger on the board against Carolina. I'm not expecting 40 points, but, Aaron, I'd, I'd love to see a, an offensive outburst. Yeah, I mean, you, you, the defense needs to have the chance to play with a lead. I mean, you see what happens when they just get a little lead, you know, um, and they can cut it loose. Um, you know, you, you do worry a little bit about uh, Teddy Bridgewater kind of hitting outlet, you know, because he's that's sort of his game um, and maybe them getting some chunk yards that way or draws and whatnot. But I think the defense, you know, will will play really well um, versus uh the Panthers, um, it's just, you know, once again, we kind of sit here going, we don't know what the offense is going to give us. Um, we need touchdowns, not field goals. And, uh, you know, they need to they need to get get these tight ends going between the 20s because, you know, we obviously have seen the production from Jimmy Graham in the red zone, but um, Demetrius Harris has gotten open and, and he's been missed by 10 and 9. Um, and hasn't, hasn't, you know, uh, gotten into the action and obviously Komet has barely had the opportunity to run many routes. Um, so, uh, you know, all off season, we were told about how great this tight end group looks and so far, Jimmy Graham's living up to the hype, but the rest of them haven't really gotten in the mix. So, um, I, I want to see some production from the tight ends this week. Yeah. Demetrius Harris has played well and, Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that the times that he's been targeted, the the like the passes downfield to Mooney, yep. uh, they have just missed Harris on a couple of pass plays that could have uh, that could have gone for for uh, you know uh, those chunk yards that we've been looking for. Yeah, I just want to see the over the middle you know slants. Um, I think Foles has gotten that going a little bit more. Um, but let's see it from the tight ends. You know, um, they're getting they're getting um, a Rob in that action. You know, on the slants and things. But I want to see, you know, the tight ends getting get into the mix um, with that. Uh, so uh, hopefully that happens. Um, and uh, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if Lamar Miller can can get in the game plan and um, you know give them another wrinkle, something else to to look at. So, Lester, let's take a, a quick peek uh, of what's coming up on the Bears' schedule because 
when we when we were looking at the schedule in the preseason, we thought we were going to come into a real brutal part of the schedule uh, starting next week. They have a Monday night game against the Rams. Then they play uh, the Saints. Then they, they, they play at Tennessee. And, you know, Tennessee surprised, I think, everybody tonight when they dismantled the previously unbeaten uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, then they have a Monday night game against the Minnesota Vikings at home uh, before their bye week. And when you take a look at, at what these teams have done, this stretch of schedule doesn't look anywhere near as brutal as it did before the season began. Yeah, you mentioned the Titans. I mean, those the Titans looked really good tonight. So, uh, I mean, that's that's obviously a team that you have to have to be worried about. But the Saints have kind of been up and down. I mean, I think that you know, if with with Drew Brees, I mean, you know, he's maybe showing his age a little bit. I know at, at some points in in the last few games, you know, there's there's some 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 pundits calling for his his head out there. But uh, you know, I think with with Drew Brees, I think he's fine. I think the Saints are are okay, um, but they're not you know as the elite as, as some thought they would be. But you know, again, you 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 take the games, you know, you know, just just the the, the next one up, and with Carolina this week, and if the Bears can do that, they're five and one, and all of a sudden this team, this team looks like it's going to be a serious threat for a playoff spot. Well, you look at it, and you know, they they need if they go two and two in the last three quarters of the season, that puts them at nine and seven. I think that's the that's the low water mark for where where they should be based on who they've got left on the schedule. So you mix, all you have to do is go three and one in one of those quarters, and then you're at 10 and six, right? So, um, you know, I think, I think the Rams are pretty tough. Um, yeah. I definitely, I'm definitely worried about that game. I've always been worried about that game. Um, you know, the saints, I don't know. I think, you know, like you said, they're, they're weird. Uh, now there's, you know, this Michael Thomas drama that's sort of yeah. bubbling. He's been popping off some weird tweets. You know, he got benched for supposedly getting in a fight when I guess he was going to come back and, and he, and, and he said he was, he was still hurt, but he was coming back anyway. And now, you know, so now there's drama with that. And I mean, who know who the hell knows what they're doing with that Taysom Hill well, stuff that they, it, it's, I mean, I, don't, I just don't know what's going on with them. They seem to have so much talent, but like they can't get out of their own way a lot of the time. Um, and then sometimes they'll look like, you know, oh my, look at them go right down the field, bam, bam, bam. And then sometimes they can't move the ball. Uh, you know, it's weird. So, you know, who knows who they're going to be by the time we get there, but they certainly don't feel like a, a, you know, a team that's one of the top ones in the NFC. I mean, you look at, I mean, really, other than the, the Packers and the Seahawks, uh, I don't look at any team in the NFC and think, oh, the Bears couldn't beat them on any given Sunday or Tuesday or whatever day of the week it might happen on. So if you take a look, here's what we've got. So we're, we're, you know, we play Carolina. So if we can, uh, if we, if the bears can get past Carolina and, and be five and one, um, they can, they can literally go two and two, uh, and they're seven and three, right? They're right. seven and three going into their bye week. And and then that's where you know that's where it hits the fan because they they play uh, they have to play at Green Bay coming off uh, it's a Sunday night coming off their bye week 
Uh, they get Detroit. Houston hasn't been the Houston that everybody expected Houston to be. They play Minnesota again. They, and then they have Jacksonville, and then they have Green Bay. So even if they lose twice to Green Bay, what, what does that put them at? That puts them at 11 and 5. So I'm, I'm, a little, I'm sounding a little bit more optimistic than my co-host, and, but there's a very real possibility that the Bears will at least split against the Packers, especially with that last game being at home and hopefully the, you know, the division crown on the line. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I feel a lot more confident about the Bears now that they made the quarterback switch. I think if Nick Foles can stay healthy, I think he gives this offense just enough juice to, 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 to do enough to where you can, like I said, get that defense playing, you know, where they're, they're, they're chasing quarterbacks. I think that's what this team needs. They need to get back to, to competent offensive play, which allows that defense to be aggressive and elite like it, like it can be. Yep. When you talk about the Packers, and obviously they have been – Amazing this year. Obviously, any any Packer or Bears fan uh, hates to give them the credit that they deserve, but they deserve a ton of credit because they've, uh, you know, they've, you know, Aaron Aaron Rodgers has literally just played lights out, but they've got some tough games coming up uh, on their own. They got to go down to to a pissed off Tampa team this Sunday down in uh, down in South Florida, where it's going to be hot. It's going to be muggy. It's cold up here in, in Wisconsin. So that, that could be a, an interesting game. Then they, they, they have to play down in Houston. They have to play the Vikings again. Uh, San Francisco hasn't lit anybody up, but the one thing that San Francisco does well is beat the Packers. Uh, then they have they have Jacksonville, but then they got to play the Colts, uh, and before they they have the Bears, you know, and the Packers have to play twelve straight weeks because they have their bye weeks done, they're done, so they got to play twelve straight straight weeks, and 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 the way injuries have come in, in this league, who knows what could happen. Uh, you know, then they, they have Philadelphia and Detroit and Carolina before they finish with Tennessee and the Bears. So, you know, their schedule is is tough in spots and not so tough in others, just like the Bears schedule the rest of the way. So the the, the Packers, you know, I think every everybody is going to be a big, any Bears fan at least, is going to be a big Tom Brady fan this Sunday. Most definitely. <laughs> so I get the, Packer, the Packers defense is just not. I mean, it's not what it needs to be, though. I mean, that's that's the thing. And neither is the Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks and Packers both have bad defenses. So, um, you know, that's the one thing that sort of gives you hope. Is just like I feel like it's you know, there's a better chance that the Bears get their offense going than all of a sudden the Seahawks and the Packers get their defenses going. Um, you know, we'll see if Snacks Harrison being added to the Seahawks really makes that big of a difference. I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I feel like realistically it's it's a lot more likely that the Bears get the offense going than it is that all of a sudden, you know, the, the Packers defense just figures it out. Yeah, the Packers have allowed 34, 21, 
30 points uh, before their, they, of course, everybody's beating Atlanta these days. Uh, and Atlanta was only able to score 16 points on them in week four. So you're absolutely right. Their, their defense is, uh, you know, is leaving a lot to be desired. And, and speaking of, of bad defenses, uh, what the hell happened to the Vikings this year? Well, they they lost a bunch of good play. They lost their best receiver. They lost, um, you know, they lost good players on defense. Um, Everson Griffith and, uh, you know, I mean, there were so many departures um, from that team. I mean, Xavier Howard even looks like he he can play now that he left them. Uh, there were just so many subtractions from the Vikings. People kept saying, "Oh, well, it's fine." They added. Um, you know, this or they added that and they still have a good defense. And then they got in who really hasn't done anything for them. Um, you know, their offense has been good. It's just their defense completely is just, is just porous this year. Uh, you know, and I don't know if, Z- I don't know if Zimmer doesn't seem to know what the hell's up with them. Um, uh, but they, you know, they just can't, can't stop anybody. Yeah, that was a really weird offseason. I didn't like what they did a lot of moves, and especially on defense. And I just did not understand what they were trying to do when, when you know, they had, you know, I mean, arguably they had the most talent in the division. Yeah. But then they made all these weird moves. And I'm like, well, I'm okay with it as a Bears fan. But, you know, I, I think they're going to slip a little bit. And, and we're seeing it happen right now. Yep. There were more than 10, 11, 12, 12. 12 teams uh, of the of the 30 that played last week um, scored more than 30 points. Uh, I'd love to see the Bears get on that list this week against Carolina. This is the perfect uh, situation for the Bears to get a little bit healthy, like uh, Aaron, like you said earlier in the show. So uh, I'd, I'd love to see, you know, I'd love to see a, a 30 to 13 game this Sunday. Be nice. Let's do it. Let's do it. I love it. Lester, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Any any final thoughts from the the, uh, the Windy City guru uh, at, at WCG? <laughs> yeah, like, like like you guys are saying, I think this is a this is definitely a, a could be a get right game for the Bears and you know, I would not be surprised to see him put up those those thirty points. Aaron, same thing. I, it's time to, you know, we've been saying this put up or shut up, but it really is. I mean, I, I'm, uh, my faith in Nagy is is waning as an offensive uh, play caller, and um, so he really needs to get it together. They played two tough defenses, so we're willing to give him a pass um, for that. They're four and one, and that's great, but. If this team has real aspirations to be a playoff team and beyond, he has got to get the offense going. So this week is a great time to start. Absolutely. That brings us back to the beginning of the show when I threw out a trivia question to to the two of you. Uh, What Bears team started off that slowly? Where in, 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 to recap, week one, they trailed 28 to 17 at halftime in week two they only scored 20 points in week three uh they fell behind 17 to 9 in week four 
Uh, they absolutely did nothing on offense in the first quarter, fell behind 10 to nothing, and actually trailed in week five 12 to nothing. Who was that team? We, I think we both know. We, uh, well, Aaron? Aaron, Aaron, you want to take this one? You want to take a shot? Uh, I would guess maybe 2010. How about. 1985 Super Bowl 20 champion Chicago Bears. I see. Uh, So. And then uh, they ended up being the, you know, ended up scoring a a million points. (laughs) So that week four game in particular, uh, I had the pleasure to be sitting in the stands in in that game. Um, But it was brutal. It was it was a very warm day for week four. And Washington, it was Joe Theismann, John Riggins, and they just ran the ball right down the throats of the Bears. They literally had outgained them 124 yards to four. They scored a, they kicked a field goal two plays into the second quarter to make it 10 to nothing. And then here's what happened. Willie Gall took the ensuing kickoff back 99 yards for a touchdown. On the play, the... Redskins kicker also did the punting duties. Wasn't Mark Mosley. All he did was field goals back then. He gets hurt on the ensuing kickoff back to, to Washington. Washington gets, gets called for an unnecessary roughness penalty. And they ended up with the ball inside their 20 yard line. And the Packers or the bears held them to a three and out. Joe Theismann goes back to punt and launches one directly to the Bears' sideline for a one-yard punt. And on the first play from scrimmage, the Bears uh, scored a touchdown. So all of a sudden, a 10-0 deficit turned into a 14-10 lead. And they proceeded to score a record 31 points in the second quarter to take over that game 31-10. They scored two more touchdowns in the second half to, to walk away with that victory, 45 to 10. Uh, they played Tampa in week one. They played Tampa in Tampa in week five. Uh, they fell behind 12 to nothing. They came from behind to win that game. And then that's when things started to happen. They had their rematch from the NFC title game the following week in San Francisco. Uh, you know, and, and Ditka kind of partied. He got pulled over. Once they landed in in Chicago, they got pulled over for drunk driving. Uh, but uh, and the rest is history. They went on to to go 15 and one, and then uh, tore through the playoffs, uh, scoring 21, 24, and 46 points, and only allowing 10 uh, in the entire postseason. So my point is, it's taken time for this offense to gel. Who's to say that this team can't all of a sudden get their act together because they definitely have the defense that can do the kind of damage that the 85 team did. How'd you like that one, Lester? That was a trip down memory lane for sure. I like it. That was, that was my, that was my team back in the day. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quite as old as you, but that was, I was still old enough to, to understand what's going on with the, with 85 bears. And uh, no, that was definitely a special team. It, it was, and I, t- I talk about that team often because I, I, I lived through it. It was great. I was, uh, uh, how old was I? 28 years old. 
So uh, I was a season ticket holder back then. I was at every every home game except for the uh, game against the Colts and the game against the the Monday night game against the Packers uh, were the only two home games I missed that year. And uh, it was it was fun. It was uh, it was just a fun year. And and you know the the, the confidence kind of came to a crescendo uh, when they went down to Dallas and absolutely throttled Dallas 45 to nothing. They came back home and shut out the Falcons. Uh, and then, of course, they hit the, the, the roadblock in Miami. But, uh, you know, and, and they kind of went through a couple of uh, interesting games where they kind of had to grit it out against New York, the Jets uh, in, uh, in New York. And the, the Colts put up a kind of a, an interesting battle later in the year before I think they finished the year in Detroit uh, with Dennis Gentry uh, kicked. He took, a, 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 I think, the, one of the second-half kickoffs back for a touchdown. Uh, so it was, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a fun year, and everybody seems to remember how dominant this team was. But as we just pointed out, you know, they had some rough spots early on, and, you know, they could have easily been one and three to start the year instead of 4-0. and oh. So that said, uh, let's hope that, that this is the game that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the season with a Bears victory. With that, Aaron, take us out. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks again to our guest, Lester Wilfong from Windy City Gridiron. And uh, everybody have a great week, and bear down. Bear down. <laughs>